Hey, thanks for checking out Passionate Life Church. If you'd love to get to know us more, please visit us at passionatelifechurch.com. We're so glad that you've joined us. Get ready for an awesome message. All right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank everybody that is watching us online right now. Hey, thank you for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Real quick, just want to remind everybody that this is God's house. This is the Father's house. This is a place of love. This is a place of joy. This is a place of peace. This is a place where we can process what is happening in our world safely and freely. Amen? Just want to wish everybody a happy Independence Day. Uh, I don't know about you, but we had neighbors that celebrated until 11.30 at night. Come on, somebody. Really? (laughs) So you came to church on a holiday weekend, which means you're probably ready to hear some preaching. Come on. We, We kicked off a new series last week called Fear factory, and, and we're just living in a day and age where we're just surrounded by different media outlets, and really everything that we read and watch is just producing the spirit of fear in our lives. Now, the other side of that, listen, God has also given us wisdom, okay? He's given us something called discernment, and to not make dumb decisions, right? And so we're not ignoring that we're living in a pandemic. We're not ignoring that there is a real virus, that there's a real disease that is killing people. We're not ignoring that fact that that is going on. But God has called us not to have a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear does not come from God. And so what, what the series is about is that the spirit of fear is trying to control our lives. The spirit of fear wants to control our lives and keep us paralyzed. And over and over and over throughout scriptures, what does God say? He says, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not, for I am with you. And so, listen, the whole world could be falling apart and God would still say, don't be afraid. Fear not. And so either... We believe the words of God or we don't. And and not that we don't ignore what's happening. We just don't let the spirit of fear control our lives. Amen? And so last week, last week, we, we kicked off this series with part one called Fear Has a Voice. And then part two today is really part 1B to part 1A, Fear Has a Voice, but so do we. Fear has a voice, so do we. Real quick, before I pray this morning, it is the first of the month, the first of every month here at Passionate Life Church. We take communion together. We take the elements together. Uh, One, we take in the first of the month because we want to remind ourselves to put God first in every area of our life. 
But we never want to forget what Jesus did for us on that cross 2,000 years ago. We never want to forget. So we don't take it out of religious obligation, but we take it out of remembrance of what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. We're actually celebrating the independence from sin and death, right? We don't have to have fear of sin and death any longer because of what Jesus did for us. And so I'm going to transition after the message. It's going to be part of our response time. I'm going to transition us into uh, taking the elements together. Uh, we don't have membership at this church, so you don't have to be a member. The only thing that we ask to take communion with us is that you would be a believer. Communion is for the believer, uh, for the follower of Christ. Are we good? Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this moment. God, this is your house, and this is your moment. Lord, we just come before you as a, as a church, Lord, and, and we just pray for our nation, Lord. God, I thank you that we live in the greatest nation in the world. God, I thank you that the people that, that discovered this place, the first thing they did was fall on their knees and worship you. That they were looking for a place. They went under incredible persecution. They were looking for a place to worship you freely, God. And so I thank you that we can do that today, right now, in this moment. God, I just pray for our, our, our leaders, our world leaders. I pray for our country right now, Father. I pray that once again, we would be the United States of America. God, we just ask that you would unite our nation, that you would heal our land, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just pray right now for the next 30 minutes, we would focus on your voice and your word and, and the word that you have for us right now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. And amen. Fear has a voice, but so do we. Our launching scripture has been 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. So let's read it again. I'm going to pull some more stuff out of it this morning. And the context of this is this is the Apostle Paul talking to his spiritual son. This is his spiritual son that he is speaking to. And we, we're not told what Timothy is exactly struggling with. But it would be my guess is that he's struggling with confidence. He's struggling with security right now. And, you know, he was a young pastor. And I don't know if you know this, but pastors have insecurities too. Pastors sometimes lack confidence. And so, man, Paul is speaking to his spiritual son. He says this, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Last week, we really honed on the spirit of fear. We, we broke that apart. We talked about that in detail. Today, what I want to talk about, I want to talk about the second part of the spirit of fear, and that is the spirit of timidity. Now, I, I want to remind you, like I reminded you last week, that we cannot fight spiritual things in the natural. We cannot fight. Fear is a spirit, okay? It's the, it's the spirit of fear. We cannot fight the spirit of fear in the natural. And so you can't work out enough to beat the spirit of fear. You, you, you can't get enough endorphins in your body. You can't drink enough coffee. Some of you have tried to beat the spirit of fear. You, you can't stretch to beat the spirit of fear or ride your bike. Like, 
we can't fight a spirit in the natural. We have to call upon something that has more power than the spirit of fear. And that is the spirit of the Holy Spirit. Come on. The spirit of God. And so what, what Paul is saying to his spiritual son, Timothy, he's like, Timothy, stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that you received when I laid my hands on you. When you received that power, you felt that power, Timothy, when I laid my hands on you. Man, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago lives in you. So don't run away from it. The power of the Holy Spirit. Stir it up. And so what I, what I want us to look at, I want us to look at specifically the word gift, okay? Paul says this to Timothy. This is why I remind you to fan into flames. Come on, get it hotter. Stir it up. The spiritual gift. That The, the word gift in the Greek is charisma. And so what Paul is saying is, is stir up, fan into flames, the spiritual charisma God gave you, okay? Let, let's look at the definition of charisma. The definition of charisma, this Greek word, means divinely empowers a believer to share God's work with others. The operation of grace to edify the church. Just leave that definition up for a moment. Let's talk about the first part of that definition, okay? The first part. It divinely empowers a believer... To share God's work with others. And so this, this gift, this spiritual charisma that God has given us, it empowers us to go outside of these four walls and minister the gospel, share the love of Jesus with people in our workplace and our families. Last week we talked about the greatest the greatest weapon against the spirit of fear specifically is the love of God. Reminding the spirit of fear that we are loved by God, that we are a son and daughter of the King. Reminding the spirit of fear that we're relying on the love of God because nothing can separate us from the love of God. So no matter how bad your day is, you can rely on the fact that God loves you. And when we start to speak it out, I hope you did that this week. Every day, you reminded the spirit of fear, I am loved by God. God, I love you, and I'm going to rely on your love today. And so this, this gift, this, this charisma, calls us to, to, to take this gift outside. Let, let me tell you. There's some of you today that God has called you to be a great business person, a great businessman or woman, and you're supposed to bring the gospel, the love of Christ to different CEOs of your business. Like, like God, did, we're all ministers. We're, we're all called to, to speak love and share the gospel with everybody. And that's what this charisma gift that God has given us through the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the second half. The second half. Nope, go back. The second half of the definition, the operation of grace to edify the church. Okay, there's two parts of grace. The first part of grace forgives us of our sins. Come on, that's a, good, that's a really good part of grace, right? That, that, for, that covers our sins. But there's a second part of grace that this, 
definition talks about. It's the operation of grace to edify the church. It's this, it's stepping in. You see, grace, when we step into grace, the empowerment of grace, it empowers us to be all that God has called us to be. So grace isn't just forgive us of our sins. It literally empowers us to be all that God has called us to be, to lift up and to edify, to encourage the church. And so this, this, man, this is a powerful gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit that we have in us to share the love of Christ outside, but to encourage one another inside. Now this, I wanted to show you this definition because it makes more sense why Paul specifically is talking about the spirit of fear and the spirit of timidity. Okay, go back to the, the, the Timothy, there we go. He says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. It's this this spirit of intimidation. And I actually want you to see the definition of this. Go ahead and put the definition of timidity. The definition of timidity is, is to be intimidated to do something or have the spirit of cowardice. Come on, don't get mad at me. I didn't call you a coward this morning. That's just the definition, okay? The spirit of cowardice. And what Paul is stating is, Timothy, you're taking on the spirit of cowardice. You see, it completely counteracts the spiritual gift, the charisma gift that the Holy Spirit gives to write to share the gospel, to share the love of Christ. The spirit of timidity works in opposition of that. And I think most of us can relate being in a conversation with someone who does not believe, right? And, and they start asking questions, right? And all of a sudden, your heart starts to beat fast, and you start to get sweaty, right? And you know, like, this is your moment, right? But there's something that's fighting against you for saying something. And because what's happening, there's, there's literally a spiritual battle that is trying, well, one, the, the, the charisma gift is trying to speak out the love of God, but the spirit of timid, timidity is trying to keep you silent from sharing the love of God. And so there's literally a spiritual battle that is happening to keep you silent or to keep you speaking out. And that's why Paul specifically says, come on, God hasn't given you that spirit to be silent. And I know that, man, I've done this before. I've missed my moments before. I've missed my moments, and I've regretted it afterwards. Oh, I should have said something. I knew it was God telling me to say something, but I've also hit my moments. And, man, it's been so powerful. And people, man, I've had moments where people just instantly, they begin to weep just from from me being obedient to what the Holy Spirit's saying, just from the simplicity of, man, God loves you so much. And I hear the counter from people so many times. They're like, well, I don't know the Bible enough to to, to share with people. Listen, that is a lie from the enemy because I'm telling you, just telling someone that they are loved by God will break down walls for you to be able to speak into their life. And so Paul's saying then there's a spiritual warfare going on, this this spirit of intimidation, this, this spirit of cowardice wants to keep us silent. And so for the rest of our time this morning, we're going to be in 1 Samuel, where we're going to go into the Old Testament. And uh, 
for a lot of you, it's a story that you've heard probably thousands of times. Maybe, maybe you've never heard this story, but it's one of the most famous scriptures in all of the Bible, and it's David and Goliath. And I'm going to teach it from the perspective, and I want to show you where the spirit of fear and where the spirit of uh, timidity, the, the spirit of cowardice is, is producing and what it produces in this story. Let's, let's go ahead and read it in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 4. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko and Judah and Ezekiah at Emphis Demim. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Okay, so just visualize this. There's two armies, okay? And there's this big valley in between them, and they're both camping on each side of the valley. And, and they're, just, they're just kind of stuck there. They're, they're just kind of sitting there, staring at each other in this this giant behemoth called Goliath comes walking out every single day over nine feet tall, cursing and swearing and talking trash to the Israelite army. Now, I want to show you this picture this morning. Go ahead and put that picture up. This is a picture of intimidation. This is a picture of the spirit of fear. I know this is a little cartoony, but I love it. I, I, I love, I even love that David has triceps. Come on, somebody, like, come on. He's got triceps, showing a little leg there, like he's doing some. But this, man, this is an image of intimidation. And the longer we look at the spirit of fear, the longer we look at the spirit of intimidation, the harder it is to overcome it. The longer we let the spirit of fear hang out in our lives and open our lives to it and stay in the spirit of cowardice, the longer we stare at this, the harder it is to get over. For 40 days, this is now 40 days, the Israelite army and King Saul stared at the Philistine army, stared at Goliath. They were paralyzed. They, they could not move. They, they were stuck because they kept staring at fear. This was the victory that God gave Saul. This was the victory that the, the Israelite army was supposed to get. But instead, they're paralyzed. By fear. Let's continue with the story. First Samuel 17, 5, 7. He's talking about Goliath. He wore a bronze helmet. His bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. All of those things that he's carrying is to impose his will, 
right? To impose the spirit of intimidation and fear. Let's continue. Let's skip down to verse 8. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? This is the other part of the spirit of fear that we need to hone in on. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servant of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man, send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. You see what the spirit of fear produces? It produces being terrified and deeply shaken. They had allowed the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation, the spirit of cowardice overtake them. They were paralyzed. They were frozen in fear. Now the other thing I want you to see in this this passage is the spirit of fear wants us one on one. You see that Goliath didn't say, come on, I'll take you all on. Come on, bring your ten best warriors. I'll beat you all. Bring your whole army. I'll beat you. I'll beat you all down. No, no, no. He doesn't say that. He says bring one person. You see, this is, this is the scheme and plan of Satan. He does not want to take us on together. Jesus says where two or three are gathered together, that he is there. And so... Goliath and the spirit of fear, Satan doesn't want to take an army on. Satan doesn't want to take a church that is unified together. He does not want to take that on because he knows he he will lose. He knows that, man, he can bring the hordes of hell against God's church and he will lose. Jesus prophesied it. It's what he told us. And so he doesn't want to fight us together in a group. He doesn't want to fight an army of God. And so he's always trying to isolate us, to keep us separated and by ourselves. Because if he can get you one-on-one, man, there's a way easier chance you begin to believe the lies of the enemy. And so one of his tactics is always to try and keep us isolated and alone. Because he knows that he cannot defeat us when we are together and we're standing united. And we see this in this passage. Goliath doesn't want to take on the army of God. He wants to go one on one. Let's skip down to verse 28. So David shows up, okay? And and basically David is doing Uber Eats, okay? He brought some lunch. A uh, little Instacart for his brothers, okay? His dad sent him. You didn't know that, but, but David invented Instacart. And so he's coming with lunch and, and food uh, for his brothers, and he shows up, and he starts, you know, he's a teenager. He starts mouthing off. He starts talking to people, what's going on, right? His conversation, and big brother steps in. Big brother steps in, okay? But when David's oldest brother, Elab, heard David talking to the men, He was angry. Now, this is someone who has the spirit of fear. This is someone who's being controlled by the spirit of timidity, okay? And this is his response. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. 
what about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. But when we're around people who have this spirit, the spirit of fear, the spirit of cowardice, the spirit of intimidation, they want you to have the spirit of fear too. And they almost, like here we see Elab, he's, he's imposing the spirit of fear onto David, right? Because David's not afraid. And he's like, David, you should be afraid. Actually, what are you doing here? And what ends up happening, he transitioned to the spirit of criticism and he begins to tear David down. He, his whole goal, the whole goal of the spirit of fear is to make you feel small and without purpose. It's like, David, you're just a, just a shepherd. Go back to the sheep. That you don't belong here. You don't have any purpose here. That's what the spirit of fear is trying to do in our lives. Tear us down. Make us feel small. Make us like we don't have any purpose. And that is actually the opposite of the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit says, you matter. You've got a Man, I got a plan for your life. You've got purpose. Man, I've placed power inside of you. So the spirit of fear is always trying to tear us down, demoralize us, and make us feel small. So David keeps, keeps mouthing off, and he finally gets to Saul. And so here's the conversation uh, with, with David and Saul. Let's continue. David says this, don't worry about the Philistines. David told Saul, I'll go fight them. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. And so Saul is someone who also had the spirit of fear. This, listen, this was Saul's victory. God had given Saul this victory. But because he had given into the spirit of fear so much, he was paralyzed by it. And see, when we're giving into fear, what happens is we make our problems larger than what they really are. We, we actually do Satan's work for him. We create a, a giant sometimes out of our little problems in our issues. And Saul saying to David, there's no way you can win. We've been staring at this thing for 40 days. But because David hasn't been in that environment, like, I'll do it. I can take this guy on. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, you can continue, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Now you see why he had triceps. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he's clubbing things. I have done this to both lions and bears. And I'll do it to the pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. What's so interesting 
is David's response. David doesn't say, look, I got huge triceps. I don't know if you've heard, but I'm pretty skilled. This thing called a slingshot. You know, I'm pretty good at it. And um, I'm just going to rely on my own skill. No, 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 no. He doesn't say that at all. Because I, I don't know very many humans that can beat a bear to death, okay? I don't know very many humans that can literally, you know, dominate a lion to death, to choke a lion out because it wasn't David's strength. This is what David knew. Like, I'm not defeating this, this giant on my own strength. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. It's going to be the power of God that comes in me. Man, when the bear came at me, I felt the power of God come on me, and I clubbed that thing to death. Man, when the lion came, man, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit come on me. And so I choked that lion out and became the Lion King. Relying on my own strength in this moment. I'm not relying on my own skills. But I'm certainly not going to be afraid. And so he walks out. Actually, he, he runs out to Goliath. And they have a little bit of a trash talk going. But the thing is, is that David doesn't waste time. Right? David just doesn't go out there and and stare at Goliath and, and check out his, his shield. and, and, and you, you know what I mean? No, no, no. He goes out there and he runs at fear. He runs at his giant. And he doesn't waste any time. And man, and he throws that rock. And he knows that it, not by his strength, not by his might, but God's might that this giant is going to fall. And man, when he runs at the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear drops. And what is so interesting is what happens next. He goes and he, he cuts the, the Goliath's head off. But what happens to the Israelite army? The moment he cuts the head of fear off, the moment he beats the spirit of fear down, what happens to the Israelite army? They're like, Let's go. All of a sudden, the spirit of fear is lifted. The spirit of intimidation is lifted. And they chase after the Philistines and they dominate them. For some of us today, man, there, is, there could be one thing that is just holding you back from encountering all that God has for your life. What, man, what is that one thing Thing that is standing in between your way of experiencing, man, all that God has in store for your life. Because as soon as that thing is gone, I'm telling you, you will be able to run at any issue or problem that comes into your life. The spirit of fear will not be able to dwell in your life. Last week I said, man, when, when the spirit of, when there's perfect love, perfect love and the spirit of fear cannot cohabitate. They cannot live in the same place. And so when you're relying on the love of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, fear can't live there. Well, some of you today, you need to run at your fear. Not trusting in your talent or your ability or your strength. 
but on the strength of God. When he says, fear not, we really believe, fear not. Not because we're so awesome or confident, but because we know that the Lord is going before us. And if the Lord is with us, who can be against us? Come on, fear has a voice, but we do too. We have the most powerful thing in all of the universe inside of us. And that's the Spirit of God that's given us power to overcome anything that the devil throws at us. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. As we go into our response time, I'd ask that you do it as you're watching online. You can bow your heads too. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you've drifted from the truth and you've just been caught up in the spirit of fear and and everything that's going on in this life. And you just need to make a recommitment to Christ. You need to make a stand today that you're going to follow Jesus all the days of your life. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. You can put your hands down. And I would just ask today that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing. Thank you again for joining Passionate Life Church today. If you want more information on events, you can visit us at passionatelifechurch.com. We look forward to seeing you soon.